Ali Bally's Weekly Wheels. Hello and welcome to this edition of our motoring podcast. I'm Ali. And I'm Lorraine. And together we look at the world of motoring. And you've been away on your travels this week. Certainly have, yes. I would say watch out Volkswagen Golf, Ford Focus and others in the crowded hatchback segment. There's a new kid in town and it's coming to get you. And I can tell by that smile on your face that you've been having some fun. What have you been road testing? Well, it's the all-new Mazda 3. But before I get to the car, let me just talk about the driving route that was chosen by the Mazda team. We gathered in Edinburgh, just outside Edinburgh Airport, and drove down through the borders, staying away from the motorways on one or indeed, uh, I would imagine, the most scenic route. It was absolutely fantastic. I can't praise it highly enough. It's amazing what we have on our doorstep, you know, it's true. We've said this before, haven't we? But we drove through uh, Moffat, Selkirk um, and down to Northumberland. The sun was shining and that obviously made for a very pleasant drive. Now that's not an area I know particularly well, so it's great that Mazda chose Scotland to launch the Mazda 3 and found a really interesting route to drive on too. Well, that's it. There was... um, Lots of motoring journalists there from England, from Ireland, etc. And they were really enthusiastic about the scenery and the roads on the route, which was fantastic. That's all very well, though, but were you enthusiastic about the car? Ah, yes. You know, I got into the driver's seat and immediately got the feeling that Mazda had raised their game. Mm, I like Mazda's anyway, but I remember speaking to the press team at the Scottish Car of the Year Awards last November and we were discussing what was coming up this year and they were very enthusiastic about the high level of equipment on the then upcoming Mazda 3. So do you think they've delivered? Do you agree with that? Mm, Yeah, without a doubt, customers can choose from five trim levels, the SEL, the SEL Lux, the Sport Lux, the GT Sport, and the GT Sport Tech. Every model in the lineup has eight-speaker audio system. Well, some of them go to the 12-speaker one, actually. Uh, navigation, Apple CarPlay, and the entry model, which is the SEL, comes with colour head-up display, cruise control, and LED headlights as standard. So you get what I mean about the feeling that Mazda has gone the extra mile on this car. To find out more, I spoke to Jeremy Thompson, who's Managing Director for Mazda UK, and started off by asking him, was this a new direction for Mazda with the Mazda 3? Oh, very much so, uh, in the sense that it's uh, an all-new generation of cars for Mazda. This is the first of an all-new generation. You'll see other cars flow through very quickly now. Um, but it's also not, this, not, not, not a new direction in the sense that it replaces the outgoing Mazda 3 that was very successful. We sold 150,000 in the UK, and prior to that, some of you remember the 323 and before that the familiar so Mazda's been in this segment for a long time but this new car really is a stunning addition to our range just before we talk about the the new car in depth for Mazda itself it's been quite a journey or even just the last 10 years yeah it has uh, you know to be a, a sort of relatively modest in scale Japanese manufacturer in this market is, is, is never easy um, but uh, last year we posted some strong sales uh, up from the prior year which you know in a depressed market is, is something and we concentrate primarily on the retail buyer. Uh, we don't do huge, big fleet deals. You know, we really are focused on servicing the needs of local customers. Uh, and in that sense, that's kept us uh, pretty strong through these, uh, these turbulent times. Yeah, turbulent times indeed. And how do your um, dealers 
uh, feel at the moment? Are they confident? How do you feel? How does Mazda feel about the way forward? I mean, everybody's, you know, I do get this negative feeling sometimes from the motor industry, and I want to say to them, for goodness sake, shake yourselves. You'll hear that a lot from uh, my colleagues and other manufacturers. I love this job. It's the best job anyone could do, and it's a fantastic manufacturer to work for. You know, I said, you know, we're relatively small in scale, but that also allows us to do things a little differently. Um, the cars are fabulous, but more than that, you know, we have a great relationship with the dealers. They're very positive in the main. Um, they not uns unsurprisingly a little concerned about the future, but there is nothing like new cars being launched to put a lift in our step. How many cars do Mazda sell in a year, all in total? Uh, around 40,000. We have a sort of 15 to 2% market share, um, and about 70% of those would be into the uh, private sale market. Uh, a few weeks ago, we, speak to, we spoke to Peter, uh, your sales director, and we were talking about how we get the cars, or how you get the cars into the country, how it was going to be um, possibly interrupted by the shenanigans that is called Brexit. Uh, and he was talking about you, you buying an area to bring cars into. Explain how that works, because he was just at the, the, the position that you were, you were looking at finding somewhere. Yeah, it was very much a contingency plan, and as I guess as everyone knows, you know that's not been so necessary yet, but it's good to still have and of course we still have access to a compound where we can have 2,000 cars held in the UK as a kind of backstop buffer um, but actually things are running very smoothly and we're very familiar with this whole process you know we ship everything uh, from Japan a few cars from Thailand but virtually everything comes in from Japan so this isn't a great surprise for us you know it's a well-oiled machine. And you're well organized that's what you know I, I was driving a test car which I'll leave remaining nameless at the moment because we'll talk about it on a future podcast driving a test car and on three occasions in different areas supermarket car park being one of them I was approached by a gentleman who said, I really like that car. He said, but I could be dead by the time you get one. And I looked at him and I said, what do you mean? He says, there's a year's waiting list for that. That is surely bad planning. I'm guessing you're talking about electric. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think, I think there are sort of challenges in bringing new technologies to market, that's for sure, uh, if I'm correcting my assumption of what you were driving. There are challenges in bringing new technologies through. Um, just to, the cadence of launch is, is difficult, the sourcing of raw materials. Um, also, manufacturers uh, need to balance the business. You know, it's a very, very complex business model that we run, um, very finely tuned, you know, with relatively low margins, so no room for error. So I can imagine why he might feel that way. I'm delighted to say that is not the case at Mazda, of course, putting a plug in for availability of our No, cars. no, no, no. I, I think that is essential. I think it's um, bad business planning if you launch a car and say to somebody who's desperate to buy one, you know, that uh, if we were to say that in any bus any other business, by the way, you can't get these cornflakes for the next year. You know, it's ridiculous, absolutely appalling. Um, OK, so talking of technology then, um, going into... Uh, the Mazda 3. Let's talk about the engine first of all, because that, that's quite uh, uh, innovative coming up. But at the moment, tell us, tell us where you are with it. So uh, we're launching with uh, a standard petrol and a standard diesel, but it's not really standard. All of our petrols are mild hybrid, which means that as you brake, uh, it puts energy into a lithium-ion battery that then feeds back into the engine system to help you in terms of uh, start-up, pulling away and so on. And it has cylinder deactivation, so when you don't need all four cylinders powering the car, it will back off to two or even none on certain systems. So, you know, the engine really is a marvel of technology. Without having to move to full electric, you get many of the benefits on a Mazda 3. So mild hybrid is really the way to go. And all of our petrol Mazda 3s will be mild hybrid. But actually, very interestingly, we bring out something which is a world first in, uh, in about six months' time called Skyactiv X. And that is an engine which has compression ignition. So it's the best of petrol 
and the best of diesel combined. It uses petrol as a fuel, but it compresses it like you do a diesel to create the explosion rather than using a spark at every point. That is going to give what we believe to be something around, compared to the old outgoing petrol engine, a 30% increase in torque and a 20% improvement in fuel economy. It is the first time in 100 years of automotive that any manufacturer has brought this to the mass market. Very, very exciting development. And people outside Mazda, the, um, the experts in engine combustion, and there, there must be people like that, are they looking on to Mazda with a, a bit of a, a green eye and saying, how did they manage that, or uh, it's not going to work? Is there, a, is there a lot of interest from out with Mazda in this? Yeah, it's a huge amount of interest, and uh, it's one of the reasons actually on this launch that we brought uh, a professor in engineering and energy systems from Bath University to come and talk to all the journalists who are coming through this week, 60 people, and to share... His view, you know, we don't, we're not paying him to come here, he's just fascinated by the technology, to share his view about why this technology in, in, in the internal combustion engine still has a future. Absolutely electric is going to be key to the future, or electrification, but for most cars it will still require a very efficient internal combustion at the heart, and we think we've cracked something with this, this new engine. I know, who would have thought that there was a professor of such a thing as a combustion? I mean, he's got a great title, hasn't it? It goes on and on and on with so many letters behind his name. He's a very impressive guy, but uh, uh, interestingly, he also started, started his career uh, in Lotus and then also working on rotary engines, so he has a, he's a, a close affinity to everything we're trying to achieve at Mazda. And if I could just paint a slight picture, he is like a nutty professor. He really needs to do something about his choice in shirts. <laughs> anyway, um, moving on to the, the Mazda 3, we have had a fantastic journey because um, I often say this, that we don't appreciate in Scotland, in Scotland what we actually have on our doorstep. And you have brought me through roads that I never knew existed by coming off the motorway uh, heading from uh, Glasgow down to, to Newcastle, if I put it that way, that's the one we were on, but we were on the, the old roads, going through uh, Selkirk and various places like that. It's been a fantastic journey, well chosen on that, but the, the car, the styling of the car right away, um, I thought just grabbed it. You, you know, it was it was something so different, but it looks a cracking car. Yeah, we have quite a different attitude to the exterior styling. We think less is more, it should be minimalist. We try and create a beauty that internally we call it Kodo design, and that translates roughly as the soul of motion. The car should look exciting and dynamic, even when it's standing still. Um, so I'm, I, you know, I'm delighted you have a great time driving it. It's also great to know that it looks good from the outside. Um, the car is, uh, is the next step in our design sort of language, and I think... We're, we're creating something that is truly distinctive. You know, we're moving into a space where no other Japanese manufacturer is. And, uh, and it's, uh, yeah, very distinctive, very exciting. I don't mean in any way to be disrespectful to Mazda, but if I say that when you're in the, the cabin and driving the car, it is, for Mazda, a step up. You have gone, without a doubt. It's the feel, it's, I wouldn't say luxury, but it's just the feel of it seems to have gone up half a dozen steps. That, that, that's probably the most dramatic change, I think, for most people. And for our dealers, when we went through dealer training over the last two weeks, that was the key thing they took out, was how dramatic and up to the step up to a more premium feel in the cabinet is. Um, you know, I've been at Mazda for 20 years now, and this feels like a fundamental step change in what we offer people. The beauty of it is it gets great residual values, so we can actually bring it to market at broadly carry over monthly payments. So it really is a win-win for everyone. But the cabin 
is an absolute winner. Very, very quiet, tremendous Bose audio on the high mm. series as well. 12-speaker Bose system. It's, uh, it's like a concert hall. <laughs> yes, I can say that uh, coming down through the hills uh, when we had the music turned full up on and just, of course, sampling as we do, um, the music, uh, the, the, the song, the hills are alive with the sound of music came to me because <laughs> we were rattling it through. It was absolutely fabulous. Um, so, and one of the other things that struck me as well is sometimes a colour can change the look of a car and you must have found that already with that beautiful red colour you've got. It really is stunning in this car. Yeah, for the last couple of launches we've, we've, we've launched cars with sole red and, and personally I never really thought you know, bright metallic red would work on large cars but now I see them everywhere but I got it wrong before I never thought white cars would ever sell and of course you know, I've proved wrong on that as well. But the bright red sole metallic colour that we have, sole red metallic crystal, is is stunning, eye-catching. It's almost it's designed to almost look like liquid, you know, so it's liquid to the touch. The sort of kind of finish that you would get from a car on a motor show stand yeah. we've brought to the market. And we've had it in a number of our ranges of cars, and it sells maybe 25% of, of all cars in that colour, which I think is just remarkable. Wouldn't have predicted it. Um, but it's great because it's got an identity that people now associate yeah. with Mazda. I think in the, the Mazda 6 was the first one I think I, I right. spotted it, and, and it is just stunning on the road. You can see it coming. It is absolutely fabulous. Um, so I think, uh, from me anyway, it's another winner from Mazda with the Mazda 3. Where do you go next? What's, what's coming up from Mazda? Well, I'm really excited that in four or five months' time we'll start talking about this Skyactiv X engine that I mentioned, and that will be uh, installed in, in the Mazda 3 as well, um, sort of, uh, by about October. Um, but then we bring out something called the CX-30, which is a mid-sized SUV, an all-new addition to the Mazda range, and that will come to market around Christmas. Um, and we have the 30th anniversary of the MX-5. We have a special model in bright orange, uh, which we're launching this summer um, to, to, to sort of celebrate 30 years. It's incredible time of the MX-5 in the UK. So there's a lot happening. So against the backdrop of all this misery and depression, we're full speed ahead with product launch and, uh, and great times ahead for us. Fantastic to hear some positive news for a change coming from a managing director of a, of a, a motor company. Jeremy, thank you very much indeed. Thank you. Thank you very much. Jeremy Thompson, who is Managing Director for Mazda UK. Prices for the petrol models start at £20,595, with the diesel from £22,395. Top of the range is the GT Sport Auto Diesel at £27,735. This is Ali Bally's Weekly Wheels. And that was the Mazda 3. Well, we're talking about uh, talking positive, but some really, really poor news for those that uh, work within Ford was the, the news this week that they're going to close down uh, the, the factory uh, down south, uh, Bridge End, of course, the engine plant factory. Uh, sad news for, for all those Extremely that are involved. Extremely sad. Yeah. And not just for the Ford people, but for the people who they live with as well, the families and all the shops and everything round about that affects too, you know, so it affects more than just the actual Ford workers. Mm, and very much it pains to point out that it had nothing to do with Brexit. Yes. It's just where they are at the moment. It was always know. going to happen anyway. Indeed, and, and I mean, the confusion that the governments, previous governments and current mm. governments have caused with engines, buy diesel, don't buy diesel, get petrol, oh well, we don't know, we're going electric. Um, that's caused a problem and they're just unfortunately producing the wrong engines in the wrong place at the wrong time. Sadly. sadly. Indeed, indeed. Right, what else have we got on, well, on the, uh, motoring news? The um, new 
BMW X1 is out. The X1 has proved to be a huge success and this latest version builds on that with bold styling, exceptional handling and the introduction of an all-new plug-in hybrid model. So we're still talking hybrids, we're still talking electric as well. It was launched in 2015, which doesn't seem that long ago, but I do remember it. The current generation model has gone from strength to strength. In 18, not only the highest selling BMW X model worldwide, it also led the way in its segment as a whole over the same time period. So it's coming out very soon. Um, Prices for the petrol and diesel start from 28,795 and next year the X-Drive 25e plug-in hybrid will join the team. I like the X1. I didn't like it when it first came out but I do like it now. I was still, again, still an iffy on that one. Yeah. An iffy, yes. An iffy. Uh, Vauxhall have revealed their first ever electric Corsa. Yes, it's it's on the way. And they've been showing uh, the press some um, images of it as well, of the new, all-new Corsa E, one of the most, as far as they're concerned, hotly anticipated new cars to go on sale in 2019. As part of this PACE strategic plan, Vauxhall's Corsa E and Grandland X PHVV uh, will lead the British brand's electric charge this year. So they're all jumping on it. Absolutely. Skoda as well. The Skoda Superb IV is the brand's first production model to feature plug-in hybrid technology as well. So that's joining the the ever-increasing lineup of hybrid cars too. But, you know, I've never thought it was a good idea to go into a showroom or a dealership and take a car out for a drive for 10, 15 minutes to buy a car worth... Twenty, thirty thousand mm-hmm. pounds. Well, Volkswagen have come up with a really good idea. They're giving forty-eight hour e-golf test drives, so customers are now able to arrange a two-day golf test, picking up the car from the retailer and going back with it two days later. Not only to try something a new car, but to try something different. And I think if you're buying a plug-in or an electric car, you need to give it a decent test. So well done to Volkswagen for coming up with a, a decent test drive of 48 hours. Very true. You should say it's, it's the the second highest purchase, I <laughs> no. think, normally to buying a house. Yeah. And and you just go in and, you know, yeah, take it out and I'll come with you and I'll sit with you. No. And then you part with £25,000 or yeah, £30,000. Yeah. It doesn't so well seem right. So yeah, good yeah, for them. Indeed. Uh, Lexus uh, has revealed the new RX luxury SUV, sustaining the model's reputation as a pioneer in its class. Now, when the original RX was introduced in 1998, it helped establish the market for prestige SUVs, while in 2004 it was the first premium model to adopt self-charging hybrid technology. So the new RX and the seven-seat RXL are due to go on sale in the autumn. Prices and full specifications of the UK range will be announced nearer the on-sale dates. And from what I've heard and talking to the the Toyota Lexus team, um, they will retain their powerful sporty appearance with more emphasis given to the character line that runs the full length of the vehicle to generate a more flowing consistent look so that's uh, that's to come and also to come from Lexus um, just been hearing about this so hopefully for the next podcast we'll get someone in to to talk about it uh, but it's a subscription system which again is looking at different ways people can buy a car so you can buy a Lexus or indeed you can't buy a Lexus you'll be subscribing on a monthly basis okay mm-hmm. so here's the basics of it mm-hmm. you you <laughs> sign up and you get what car you want Per month. So you can keep it going. Get a, You know, I like this car, that's fine. But if you've got something coming up that you need a bigger car for, then you can, for that month, change your car. 
and everything's included. But sounds more, intriguing. Yeah, it sounds but, fantastic. Yeah, more details to there come. There must be a catch. Uh, the price. <laughs> <laughs> And just finally from me, in the year that Bentley Motors celebrates its 100th anniversary, the British creator of extraordinary grand touring cars is promising to once again set new standards of both driving enjoyment and luxury when it reveals the all-new third-generation Flying Spur Grand Touring Sedan next Tuesday. And there are no prices attached to this press release. <laughs> if you need to ask the price, you, you can't, can't afford, afford it. it. Yeah, that's it for our motoring podcast for this week. I've been Ali Bally. I'm Lorraine. Thank you very much indeed for your company. Ali Bally's Weekly Wheels podcast. Like, share and subscribe.